What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's happening, Captain? (laughs) This is Johnny King. Oh, man, I almost literally bit it. I almost fell off my chair just then. (laughs) I I was tipping backwards, and then I almost just totally ditched uh man, my heart is racing. But you know what? Let's roll with it because this is this is real. This is the shit that goes on uh, on the uh, Becoming Kings podcast. <laughs> I was literally just on a uh, on a friend of mine. She has her group coaching program, and I was honored enough to to be on her kind of her guest speaker for the night. <clears throat> and so we we're talking about this the dynamics between the masculine and feminine, right? Now. <sighs> I've talked about this before, but I kind of went on a different um, tangent while I was talking to her group that I kind of want to reiterate on this podcast episode. And that is the challenge I have with a lot of what's going on in the world right now is that it's very polarizing. It's very divisive. It tends to be that people are either left or they're right or they're vaxxed or anti-vaxxed. They're... um, Whatever, right? There's all these different sides. And then we also look at that we have this like polarization of the masculine and the feminine, the men versus women and everything else. And so the what I've realized is the more work and and growth that I do, the more I find that as you integrate healthy versions of both masculine and feminine, which we all have, right? We all express masculine and feminine. The more you can't really tell the difference between the two. When you're in a healthy place, you might be kind of simultaneously expressing both masculine and feminine (laughs) expressions. Um, And so if this is kind of like, uh, if you're already a little bit lost, that's okay. Because I want to give you some examples of, of what I'm talking about, okay? And so ultimately, when, when I first started uh, my first business, which was a, a gym in St. Louis, good old St. Louis fitness boot camp, I was working with women who were very similar to my mom. Before my mom passed away, my mom was constantly on a diet. She was constantly on something, <laughs> you know, Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or Way Down or Atkins or whatever, right? She was just constantly, she was either on a diet or she was like throwing her hands up being like, fuck it, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not on a diet. Let's just enjoy life. And then that wouldn't work for her eventually. And she'd come back to like disciplining herself and, you know, going to gyms, you know, ultimately she found curves, which is a very kind of diluted version of a gym, but it worked for her because it was very gentle, right? And so when I opened my gym, working with women very similar to her, kind of overweight Midwestern women, what they expected 
was the opposite of what I gave them, right? And I did this very, I did this very intentionally. Typically, women like my mom would go get a personal trainer because they don't really know what the hell they're doing in the gym. They're super intimidated by it because not only are there tons of machines, they don't know if they should be doing chest or back or legs or abs or arms or, you know, cardio or this or that. And not to mention then there's kind of like a, a an etiquette. You know, you might step onto a machine and a, and a big, you know, beefy guy might walk up and be like, yo, I was using that machine. And then, you know, my mom is like scarred for life. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize, you know, there's like this unsaid kind of etiquette with how you, uh, you know, actually facilitate and move through a gym, right? So my mom was very intimidated by big box gyms. And so then she'd have personal trainers that would come to the, to the house or, you know, she would, like I said, hire a personal trainer. Well, a lot of those personal trainers are either young or male, or they don't get what it's like to be a, you know, 55-year-old woman going through menopause, having had five children and haven't worked out in 20 years, right? And so being, being insecure and wanting to provide the value, they would drill my mom into the ground such that my mom couldn't walk for like an entire week, right? So all she would do is associate massive pain to exercise. Okay. So having, you know, <laughs> painted that picture for you, here would walk in these these women, very similar to my mom, into my gym. And what they would expect is from a, you know, young 30-something, you know, male trainer to be like, all right, we're going to get you, we're going to whip you back into shape and all this stuff. And I would, I would honestly say one of the first things I would say after they would kind of fill out the paperwork and be like, okay, are you feeling a little nervous today? And they're like, yeah, you know, they literally have like deer in headlights look. I'm like, okay, would you do me a favor? And they're like, maybe. (laughs) I'm like, whatever you think that you're going to be able to do today, I want you to do half of that. And and, and so it's kind of a pattern interrupt. They'd be like, "Uh, okay, come again? What? I'm like, if you think that maybe you could do four kneeling push-ups, I want you to do two. You know, <laughs> if you don't think you can do one push up, then I want to, you know, I want you to slowly let yourself down to the ground in a kneeling push up. Like, whatever it is that you think you have the capacity of doing, five air squats, do two and a half, right? The premise being, I want you to be able to walk, I want you to be able to function. We are not looking, making up for lost time. We are looking for, uh, what would I say? Momentum over like, you know, making up for lost time. And they'd be like, okay. So I was like, so listen, you're probably going to get in here. You're going to get around other women that are like you. You're going to start getting the endorphins feeling. You're actually going to start feeling good and you're going to want to start doubling down. You're going to be able to, you're going to see some other woman who, who has a very similar body type to you. You're going to want to start doing exactly what she's doing. And I guarantee you, if you do that, you'll wake up tomorrow like you've been hit by a bus. And then next thing you know, you won't work out for another week and you'll feel like, you know what, I can't do this, you know, I, I only, you know, whatever, whatever. So I want you to do me a favor, okay? So if anything, I will be telling you to do less than what you're doing, okay? You'll be doing less than what you're doing because I want you to come back and over time will the strength come. 
very quickly in fact. But again, we need to make this a habit, not just something you do once or twice a year when you finally hit your emotional threshold that something has to change. And so this is what's going to happen. Chances are you're not going to listen to my, my suggestion and you are going to wake up tomorrow morning feeling like you've been hit by a bus. But I want you to remember and you, I want you to hear the words in your head, my words in your head saying, you know what, don't do so much. <laughs> I want you to be able to function. I mean, I want you to be able to, to sit down on the toilet gracefully versus like just fall back on the toilet, you know, when your legs are hurting so much, <laughs> right? And sure as shit, so many women be like, oh my God, you're so right. Like I got just jazzed and then I was feeling so great. But I came back in even though I can hardly walk because <laughs> I, I encourage them to. I was like, when you're sore, the best thing you, you want to do is actually get the blood flowing again and work through that. It's going to suck the first three days. Anything. You know, I take off, me personally, I work out all the time. If I take off a couple days or a week at most, coming back the next week, dude, I'm super sore, right? So I say all this because you have, you know, a lot of these women, and not all women are hardwired feminine, right? And I say this because we all, as men and women, we have a energetic home, typically, not always, but for the mass, vast majority of us, we're either more comfortable in our masculine or we feel more comfortable when we're in our feminine, okay? When we're stressed, we actually often go to the other side. So women, when they're stressed, if they're feminine at home, they actually feel stressed and then they become the boss, you know, and they're like, I, I got to get all this shit done and move out of my way and I can't depend on anyone. And men who are maybe at more at home in their masculine, when they get stressed, they go feminine, but beta feminine. And they're like, okay, sweetheart, whatever you want. Like, I'm not going to make any decisions, whatever you want to do. And I'm just, I'm just here. Like, uh, let me just make you happy, you know? So the reality is, is that when we're feeling insecure, both men and women, a lot of times what we need is to be praised, is to be nurtured, is to be built up, okay? Because to challenge, if I were to really challenge a woman in those instances when they were walking into my gym and they don't feel like they have any sense of like a foundation for fitness or strength, if I were to challenge them way beyond their current capabilities, I would immediately break rapport and trust. They'd say, that guy doesn't know what my needs are. They don't get where I'm coming from. You know, he doesn't understand me as a woman. Fuck that guy. I'm going to go find something else. Or, you know what, I just give up. That was like the worst case scenario, obviously, is that they said, you know what, screw it all. And they kind of give up, you know. And I experienced that where my, my mom, in some regards, <clears throat> and not completely, but in some regards, you know, told me, over a, a bowl of pie and ice cream at 11.30 at night one night, you know what, Johnny? I just give up. I think my, my metabolism is broken. And what did I do? I challenged her. This is me as a 21-year-old. I challenged her. I'm like, hey, mom, I totally get that, but I don't, I don't think uh, you even understand what that means. Like, what does that mean to have your metabolism broken? And she's like, I don't know. I just think that I I'm not able to lose weight. Uh, and I said, well, how about first and foremost, you put down that bowl of ice cream and, and pie, apple pie, because that's not helping. And what did I do? I immediately broke rapport. She threw the bowl into the sink and immediately began bawling as she ran down the hallway to her bedroom. This is when I was in college, right? Super empathetic. I'm being, I'm being sarcastic, right? So I learned from that 
because in that moment, I was like, fuck. I know what I told her was the truth, was, was, was right. And yet I was right and yet still wrong in my delivery, right? Because what would have been better is to be like, you know what, mom? Like, I totally feel you. Like, it can feel that way when you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you've tried everything and you know what? Like, but mom, you're an amazing mom. You do so much for the family. Like, you know what? You deserve that pie and ice cream right now. You've probably had an, like a, a crazy day. And she'd be like, no, you're so right. And thank you for seeing me. And like, you know what, mom? But let's do this. I'm going to support you. Let's get up tomorrow morning whenever you want to get up. And let's just go for a walk around the neighborhood. She'd be like, really? You want to do that? I'm like, yeah, let's do that. She'd be like, okay. And that would start a more positive association to working out. Because in those moments when she was stressed and I praised her, would have gotten a completely different you know, effect than if I had, cha- like, like I did actually challenge her and, we, and broke rapport. She more or less said, fuck you, you don't understand me, I'm out, right? And so I, I learned that in that moment and I applied it to my business and creating my tribe with my, with my you know, women's coaching for eight years and growing my gyms and my, my you know, fitness empire, so to speak, if you will, saying that humbly. And, and yet now I do it a lot with men. Men who are feeling lost and insecure and wounded and hurting and like they're all alone, the last thing, last t- thing they need is to me come in as a, dr- a drill sergeant and be like, come on, motherfucker, like, let's get going and let's just be a man and suck it up. They've heard enough of that, right? What men need who are struggling, they need to be fucking built up. They need to be given some sense of like, uh, reminder and recognition for all the good fucking shit that they do that they get up every single day and they go to work whether they're providing for themselves or they're providing for a family and they a lot of times will do shit not even, maybe they're martyring themselves but they do it out of the desire to make their woman happy or make their their husband happy it depends on again like we're not talking about male and female we're talking about masculine and feminine so we're, whether we're talking about hetero homo, everything in between in terms of that type of sexual orientation, it doesn't matter. We're actually all so much more alike than we are different, right? And, set, and yet, again, if I were to challenge men or women when they're feeling insecure, typically you break rapport, they don't feel seen, and they give you the middle finger, and they bug out. Because this is exactly what happened when the Me Too movement happened. You had all of these women kind of poo-pooing on the, the toxic masculinity and, and men in general, and men are just as lost as, as the next person. They're like, fuck, I don't know who to step into. I don't know who to be. And so generally speaking, there was crickets. Like there were very, very few men, or, or none that I really saw at the, at the time, who stepped up as leaders to say, you know what? Ladies, you're right. And, and that shit is, that shadow masculine, that toxic masculinity is bullshit. But that's men coming from a wounded place, taking advantage of the disadvantaged, right? Those that are less powerful, so to speak, who maybe have less privilege or less money or less physical power, right? And they're taking advantage. But those are men that are coming from this little, like, little boy woundedness. And now they have power because they're, they're men, but they're, they're still broken men, right? Compare that to what this this podcast is about and what all my work is about, which is getting us as men to f- fucking get, you know, 
our, our shit handled so that we can be whole and happy and fulfilled and on purpose. And we're not going to take advantage of anyone, right? We give ourselves the grace. We give this, the grace to other people. We love other people. We love ourselves. We're on purpose. We're men of integrity. We're men of our word. And, and that is where we ultimately want to be, correct? But I'm saying this for, for whether you're a man or a woman. If you're, if you're, whether you're talking to a person or children or a spouse, a significant other, coworkers, or a group at large, to not have rapport and to immediately challenge someone, uh, chances are they're going to say fuck you and there's not going to be any more conversation, right? So you see this a lot when, when, when people get into pissing matches on social media, right? When they are literally fighting to see who's right, right? Versus like working to be empathetic, working to, to, to love, to, to see the, the humanness in another human being, right? To, to saddle up next to them on the same side of the desk versus arguing across from each other, you know, across the desk or across the table or across the aisle, right? And so at the end of the day, it really comes down to understanding who your audience is and, and then just understanding this premise, again, that the masculine responds to challenge and the feminine responds to praise, okay? But typically, when either man or woman are feeling insecure, neither one of them needs to be challenged, okay? Now, you see this in the military in boot camp where boot camp drill sergeants are instructed to challenge the shit out of their recruit, recruit, uh, recruits. There you go, <laughs> right? Because they ultimately just want to break the weak, right? They want to, to break those that have no sense of self-esteem, so they just give up and they go home. Because in those high-stress moments of actually being deployed and in those moments of war, you can't have, you can't depend on someone if they're emotionally going to break, right? So what that weeds out the, the weakest emotionally at the time, right? Of course, emotional fitness, as I talk a lot about in my book, Becoming Kings, is something that you learn. It's just like becoming physically fit. You like with all these women, I get them, I got them to be strong and fit and to lose weight, to have healthier habits over time, over months, if not years, right? But in the military, sometimes they don't have that, uh, that, what's the word, um, luxury of time. So they have to take these men through a process, these men and women, let's just say people, through a process that weeds out the weak and gets those that are you know, <laughs> ready to, to, to fight uh, where they need to be, right? Because ultimately, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the good cop, bad cop. The, the drill sergeants are your worst en enemy until you kind of prove your worth and then they're like, you know what, I'm not as much of a dick as you think I am. I'm actually like a good guy and you're amazing and you did all these things. Like, and then they build you up, right? <laughs> After you've proven yourself. So I say all that. To, to paint the picture that when, when we are supporting people doing the work, whether it's men or women, but I'm really thinking about men because the, the way that our society and whether it be The Simpsons or other types of TV shows or movies or the way that men are portrayed uh, across 
our culture f for now decades, you know, um, is that men are doofuses, they're not emotional, that they're idiots, that they, that, that women are the ones who ultimately actually have to step into their masculine, which is really, really scary at times in the sense of like, that becomes their, their women are stressed. And so they're like, fuck you guys, I can't depend on you. So now I'm going to step into my, to my masculine that, but that comes from a place of anger and fear and like, uh, lack of dependability on men. Right. But when we have relationships where we can actually depend on each other because we're fucking healed and we're whole, right? We, we know we've got each other's backs, whether we're <laughs> men have each other's backs or women have each other's backs or men and women have each other's backs. Th this is what creates the bedrock of like fucking like relationship functionality. 101, right? A relationship, aka a house divided against itself is going to fall. So that's what happens when relationships start to, to disintegrate between, you know, spouses, between significant others, again, either straight or gay, doesn't matter, is that rapport is broken. Resentments are held. Uh, feelings and, and needs are repressed, right? Then it turns into, like, revenge. Or like, okay, I'm, fuck you, well, fuck you. And then, it's, it blows up, right? And so we're seeing this literally in our, our society as well as our world right now where people are kind of like, fuck you, fuck you across the aisle or across, you know, political opinions. And where is that really getting us? You know the answer to that. We're getting, we're getting worse off, okay? So if it actually works, if it actually worked, we'd be seeing, you know, some positive results out of this, but it doesn't. It's just like how we treat ourselves in our heads, right? We're all our own worst enemies or our, or, or our biggest critics. We think that being hard on ourselves and the way that we uh, self-deprecate ourselves and be like, God damn it. See, you're such an idiot. You're not smart enough. You're not thin enough. You're not, you know, muscular enough. You're not, you're not uh, educated enough. You're not a good enough husband. And you're not a good fool. Like we tell ourselves all of these lies, right? Thinking that that challenge when we're insecure is actually going to make us rise to the occasion, which it does the exact opposite, right? All that does is make us more angry, more depressed, more alone. It makes us want to fucking give up, right? whether we give up on a relationship, on a job, or we give up on life altogether and we commit suicide, like that clearly doesn't work. So why is it that we continue to, to do that in society and with each other? It's because we do it to ourselves, right? So what I want you to get from this episode is to understand that as you're learning about, you know, <laughs> human psychology, why we do what we do, it's because, again, we're programmed a certain way, right? We were programmed from, from little children to suck it up, to, uh, to not cry, to be good little boys and good little, good little girls, to sit in our seats, to mind our manners, to, to not emote, right? And so that it was very restrictive, when in reality, and, and especially in this like very polite society now where we can't say anything ultimately be out of fear that we're going to offend someone, right? 
So now we don't say anything, so then we repress our real feelings, and that ultimately then s does start to, to create resentment, and then so many of us around the fucking world right now are so fucking angry that that's why we're, we're it, it's leeching out of us. It's, it's escaping out of us. It's bursting out of us in our interactions with each other on social media, on the road, in our, in our relationships, in our interactions just throughout our day-to-day, -day, right? So the first thing you have to really do is you start you have to start getting that anger out. And that looks like it's a very primal and physical thing, but for me in, in the work that I've done with with men as well as for myself with other men, a lot of time it is it's a very physical thing when you are you're getting angry and then and out of that anger then becomes this ah oh, this this rage and then but beyond that rage and that anger and that getting all that energy out then is the tears and the sadness, and the loneliness, and the disappointment, and the shame. And it's no different for men than it is for women. We're all fucking human beings. We go about them in sometimes different ways. But to get to that place, and when you actually sit down, and, and, or, or you're in a workshop, and you're doing the work with someone, and you see their, 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 their heart, and their sadness, and their 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 trauma, their, their sexual abuse, their the things that they are, they've been, attempting to hide from the world because they believe that they're not enough and if they hide it you know maybe they can just like pull the wool over the rest of our eyes when in reality we're all fucking <laughs> working through our own shit when you actually see the humanness in each other you don't want to shit on each other you don't want to like run the other person off the road. You don't want to fly planes into their buildings and you don't want to go and drop bombs on their cities, right? Like the world is fucking crazy because at the heart of it, we have a lot of people that are just wounded. And so that's, this is why this movement, the work that I'm talking about, the work that you're doing, you're fucking listening to this podcast, so good on you, picking up my book, doing other you know work, inner work is so vitally important because if we don't, like I've said in the past you know, podcast episodes, then all we're doing is kicking the can further down the road for our future generations to either pick up the can and deal with it or to kick it <laughs> to, the, to the generations after them, right? But we have the bandwidth, we have the tools, we have the ability and the abundance in our lives to be able to take time out, even if it's the, you know, 25, 30 minutes to listen to a podcast like this, to, to energize ourselves to recognize that the work is worth it. Otherwise, we're just going to keep doing the same fucking thing. The truth just is, is that our time will come to, <laughs> to die in this human experience, but there will just be generations you know, after us that have learned from our example to do the same fucking thing, and it just perpetuates itself. Does that make sense? So that's why you've got to do the work and to, and to, to, to challenge people, to to get angry at them, to point your fingers, to accuse, to make them feel dumb, all because at the end of the day, you are actually angry and upset and hurting yourself. Man, that doesn't get our world. It doesn't get you any closer towards uh, a place of healing and wholeness. So you have to be willing to start understanding that you have to give yourself, first and foremost, the grace. You have to give yourself the the space to say, you know what, like, yeah, I fucked that up. But you know what, 
I'm just learning. <laughs> We're so hard on ourselves thinking that we have to like step into various things and be so good at it right from the beginning because we compare ourselves to our beliefs of, of how easy success comes for other people as we see on social media, but we forget that talent is overrated. That is a good book if you haven't read it. Talent is overrated and it really talks about you know, t Tiger Woods and all these other phenoms, you know, the Williams sisters, they they didn't come out of the womb as amazing golf and tennis players or, you know, pianists or uh, engineers or mathematicians. These are all things. Yes, we have some, some like LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Yeah, they're, they're freaking like 6'6", six, 6'8". Six, six, they can jump through the roof. Like we have certain, you know, genetic dispositions. I get that, right? But for the most part, in Talent is Overrated, it talks about you have to put in your 10,000 hours to get good at something. So we forget oftentimes how much time it took to learn to speak English or to be able to read or write or ride a bicycle or tie our shoes. I take so much for granted. Like I sit down with a a four, five, five-year-old, you know, and they're so fucking messy, you know, when they're eating their food. It's all over their face. It's all over the floor. And yet they're human beings. You can talk to them. But you're like, why don't, why don't I have your shit? Like, what are you doing? I forget that it took all of us, you, me, all of us so, so much fucking practice to literally have a spoon to put food on it and to put it in our mouths without like dropping it in our laps, right? Or all over our chest. Like that in and of itself, we do it every single day, most of us, right? That's a fucking win <laughs> right there, but we take that shit for granted. You know what I mean? So it take us it took us years to be good at eating our food, right? Communicating, uh, being healthy, paying the bills, being on track, you know, keeping track of our finances. Like, give yourself more fucking credit for the amazing miracle that you are, that you that you can actually even function in this crazy, like, stimulating world that we have, right? And then <laughs> pat yourself on the back. Give yourself some space to be like, okay, this process of healing and and nurturing yourself and working on your relationship with your spouse or with your parents or you know growing a business or getting healthy becoming a better parent it fucking takes time man give yourself the permission i'm giving you the permission to not be so fucking hard on yourself i'm obviously fired up right now because i think this is obviously a obviously 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 i don't know why i keep saying that this to me is something that is clearly something I'm passionate about, but something that needs to be to be absorbed, to be listened to in the sense of like, dude, don't be so fucking hard on yourself. And as I'm telling you, I'm telling myself, don't get me wrong. I need to like re-listen to this podcast every fucking morning when I get out of bed or I begin to start becoming hard on myself or shaming myself for not being enough, right? Because that's a lot of times where my motivation has come from a place of Disappointment. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm a disappointment. I'm not enough. So that's actually going to motivate me to to work harder, right? But if that's if that's my blueprint for how I work, that's not going to ever actually ever change unless I intentionally focus on healing, forgiving, and coming from a place of like, you know what? I'm going to have my good days and my bad days. I'm going to have my productive days and my unproductive days. It's all okay. It's all good. Stop judging 
yourself so harshly. Instead, forgive yourself more abundantly and your whole life experience will shift. You'll come from a place of abundance, joy. People will be like, what happened to you? What have you been smoking? And you're like, I don't know. I'm just having a good day, man. And, and they'll want to be around you, right? You'll have better relationships and better interactions with people. So that's, why, that's, 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 that's the main you know, takeaway from this, this whole podcast conversation is that rather than poo-pooing on people, whether we're talking again about like <laughs> a, a group, a race, a, a sex, um, you know, a political party, rather than doing all that stuff, instead of what, what if you actually started looking for the good in them and calling them out and praising them because vulnerability and praise begets more vulnerability and praise. Have you ever noticed that? Like when you show up and you actually like, you know what? Like, no, I'm not having a great day, man. I'm struggling with this and this and this. And the dude was like, you know what? Me too, man. Like versus being like, yeah, I'm good. How's your day? Uh, I'm, I'm good too. When both of, both of you guys are like, no, I'm not fucking good. So I digress. I'll step off of my soapbox. But I want you to focus on that, and this is a longer podcast than, than my normal solo podcast, but I think it's worth really taking to heart because the challenge I have of you, <laughs> I'm going to challenge you, is to love yourself more, right? So from a place of masculine strength to a place of feminine strength, like, go easy on yourself. Take some time to, to just express what you're feeling. Tell your spouse, tell your best friend, tell your kids, tell... Tell yourself, if you don't feel like you have someone, write it down in a journal. Talk about all the good things that you do have, like you, you, you take for granted, you know, that you got clothes on your back and a, a safe place to, to sleep at night, hopefully, right? If you don't, then you work towards that, but there's got to be something that you can be grateful for. The fact that your heart beats every moment of every day without fail it doesn't ask for anything in return. What the fuck? What, what an amazing gift that is, right? How many things happen with your health? Blinking, <laughs> breathing. How many uh, automatic things happen in your body without you having to consciously think about it that helps you be able to get through the day? I eat food. My body uses it. I shit it out. And I don't have to do anything other than I get the cue, like, oh, I need to go take a dump. <laughs> and it works. Any, any of us that have been injured or we have things that aren't working properly on your body, do you all of a sudden be like, oh, my God, how much I took for granted that my arms work or that my sight works, you know? You have, uh, you have so much to be grateful for, even if you don't have all of those things, right? I've met some of the most amazing people who are blind, who don't have legs, do, who don't have all their faculties, but they're still so grateful and they have overcome because they're resourceful because they actually come to love themselves for what they have versus thinking about, oh, well, I wish I had this or I'm, I'm incomplete because I don't have that. So that's why I challenge you, man. Take some time to love on yourself, to give gratitude for what you've got and build off of that and see how that feels versus the inverse of being so hard on yourself or listening to, to other people who are all about, you know, they're the quote-unquote haters who are all about, like, you know, wanting to, to take away from you everything that you've built. Like, fuck that. Don't even give them – don't even mind them. Don't, don't even put your effort towards 
wanting to prove the haters. Like, no, man, you're then you're no better than them. <laughs> you're just coming from that same energetic expression. Man, come from a place of love where you love them. They're only hating because they, they're probably hating themselves, right? Shit. I digress. Anyways, as always, thank you for listening to this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I hope you found it of value. I hope you found yourself that much closer towards embodying the, the king energy, owning your shit, being the man that you're happy and proud of being. And, man, I'm looking forward to hopefully connecting with you in whatever way. Come to a men's meeting of mine here in Denver. Uh, send me a, an email. Hit me up on a DM on my social media. Like, I'm I'm here to, to have a two-way conversation with you rather than this one way, which sometimes this sucks. But you know what? It is what it is. So, anyways, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm your host, Johnny King. Take care. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.